Good morning, humans of the earth, and thank you for joining us on this wonderful day. My name is Dana. And my name is Heidi. And this is Fun Times with Dana and Heidi. And right now that I'm looking at our outline, I'm like, why did I put good morning? And so I'm like, oh, well, I was literally writing this like on a morning a couple of days ago. We normally say hello, but like, it's cool. It's chill. Hopefully wherever you are, it can feel like a bright and sunny morning. Even though it's winter, winter is coming like in Game of Thrones. It's very windy. Like when I was, um, when I was like doing stuff like for school, I could hear the wind outside. That's very strange because normally it's like super dry here. So it's a nice change. But yeah. So now moving on to our tweet of the week. This one made me laugh a lot because it's basically true. Um, So I don't know if you all know that one thing. It was like a Tumblr thing like many moons ago, like in 2016 when that was like, you know, alive. Uh, But it was talking about how Benedict Cumberbatch could be like changed to a bunch of different names. And it would be like... uh, and like benefit cumbersnatch or like random things or like you know things like that they would always change his name but like as a joke right because it was funny um but now uh, we have a tweet from it at it's abs af and it says timothy chalamet is a new benedict cumberbatch in the sense that you can say anything and we know who you mean tiffany chevrolet tim <laughs> timpanogos charlemagne symphony cabernet jiminy castaway we all know who we're talking about because it's the same kind of like pronunciation. I personally like Jiminy Castaway. It sounds like like a little, I don't know, like a little Disney character. But yeah, Timothy Chalamet, he is the moment. I think that he's really blown up. And it's kind of like funny to me since he's kind of, uh, I guess, started on like this indie movie and then just kind of exploded. But um, yeah. When you're like- so famous. When you're so famous that even if they mess up your name, like they still know that it's you. That's yeah, Timothy yeah. Chalamet. Because I've definitely messed up his name in the past, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's like a TikTok that's like Timothy Shablagu or something like that. And you still know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same with like the botched spelling. Like people would be like, I know what I know a Thomas Chalamet, and it's like, who is Thomas? But then you would like obviously know, like, oh, Timothy Chalamet. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was funny. But we love Timothy. He's great. And he has like, a new movie coming out soon. Yeah. He probably does. That man has been in like Working. movie after movie after movie because he's a superstar. Yeah, for real. He's crazy. On to some more good news. So today I'll be talking about a terrible sandwich kid. So today's news story actually started four years ago. Um, I'm not sure if you have seen it, but a mom was videotaping her son, Abe, getting off of the school bus on his first day of school, like of kindergarten, right? So four years ago, Abe was going to kindergarten for the first time and his mom, like any other parent, right, would, she videotaped him getting off of the school bus for the very first time because, yes, if you are not from America, school buses are a real thing and they're like a rite of passage you know yeah. so so every parent films their kid at one mm-hmm. point on the first day of school right whether it's like in front of the door it's like a countdown to kindergarten or like you know like those like pinteresty like mom photos like yeah they have like the board and they're like it's my first day exactly and it's like all their children lined up in front of their front door yeah. or like most parents like abe's mom he she videotaped her son getting off of the school bus so mm-hmm. And in this video that first surfaced the earth four years ago, he happily like jumps off of the bus and he has like a kindergarten name tag that people always get when they're in kindergarten. 
And the first thing he says to his mom is, terrible sandwich, by the way. <laughs> and he says it like that, too. And then his mom, Ricky Weisberg, was like, and she responded very, like, positively. Like, she wasn't mad or anything. She said, thanks for telling me. So <laughs> I appreciate her being kind to her son who just completely trashed the sandwich that she made for him. And so at that point, I was wondering, like, how bad can a sandwich be, right? Like, does it have vegetables that a five-year-old may not want? Or does it have, like, an odd ingredient like soy sauce? So my mind was going there, right? So his mom posts this video annually every single year on the first day of school as a tradition. And in the past year, she's uploaded this video to her Instagram story, Instagram, Facebook, but this year she did something different. Can you guess what platform she uploaded it to? Oh, on TikTok. We love TikTok. Yes, TikTok. Yes. And for those of you who are not familiar with TikTok, TikTok makes you go mega viral. Like not just viral, like mega viral. Like Charlie D'Amelio, she surfaced from TikTok. Addison Ray, TikTok. Like TikTok, right? This is an age of TikTok. So then this time although the video was like four years old, it went so viral, like mega viral. And keep in mind that Abe is in fourth grade at this point. So he's getting famous for the first time, although this has happened four years ago. So now he's famous at school and him and his mom have redirected his fame towards other people. So it turns out, so the mystery is solved, like what made the sandwich so bad, right? So we find out four years later, but the reason why the sandwich was so bad was because she did not know that she needed to pack a sandwich for kindergartners. Because kindergarten in, in his school was only half a day. So you would think like, oh, maybe this kid will go to school from like 8 to 12 and eat lunch at home. And the rest is like, you just chill at home, right? But turns out that this school needed to have lunch packed. So they eat lunch at the school and then they go home, right? So then when she found out that he does indeed need a lunch pack, she had nothing in the house because obviously she was not prepared to like pack lunch. And PB&J were out of the picture because it was a peanut-free school. And me and Dana, my uh, school, yeah, our school used to be peanut-free. I know your school is still peanut-free, but yeah, so no PB&J, like out of the picture, like not, not happening, right? So she made things work because obviously a kid needs to eat, right? You're not going to send your kid without lunch. So she created a butter and jelly sandwich, like just like butter, like the plain <laughs> yellow creamy butter and jelly. And so when Abe complained after he got home and made her try it, her his mom try it, she did confirm and say that, oh, it was terrible. Like, I get why my kid did not like this because I do not like this, right? Okay, so now fast forward four years again, Abe is famous everywhere, including his own school. He's now in the fourth grade, like I said earlier, and he is known as the terrible sandwich kid. Like, that is his nickname. That will probably follow him for, like, years and years. Forever. Yeah. And so he's constantly being chased by crowds of school ch children in school. So then in his interview with, I believe, the Today Show, he was like, I hired one, two, three bodyguards. And then we're like, who are these bodyguards, right? Turns out they're three of his, like, best friends from school. So they're playing bodyguard for him, which, I mean, I respect that. Like, good friends, right? Yeah. So like I foreshadowed earlier, they wanted to turn this attention to other people who really needed it, right? So they launched an organization called TerribleSandwich.com. <laughs> and 
that website sells merch with lines such as quote unquote terrible sandwich and quote unquote thanks for letting me know because that's you know the exchange yeah. they had right and guess what they're donating 50 percent of their earnings which is a lot right like most companies only do like five cents some yeah. even do one penny right like one penny per every blankie right no this is 50 percent of their earnings which is so much money and so generous to the nonprofit feeding america have you heard of feeding america yeah yeah they basically do like um food like food drives or like they give like a uh, food to like people who need it it's like a uh, food relief yeah so it's feeding america is very well known in america so they're so they are an organization that is connected to 200 food banks around the nation So combined, all those food banks feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, like you said, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. So it's an organization that connects you to more organizations, which is a really good way to donate because you hit every part of like the hierarchy, you know? So Abe, at the end of his interview, he was like, how I feel about this little time in fame. I don't want everyone to say to go, I have to start from the very beginning. Cannot. Okay. So at the end of his interview, he said, how I feel about this little time in fame, I don't want everything going to be me. I want some of this funding for someone else, like hundreds, thousands, millions, billions of hungry children around the world. He said, so I pictured this in like a Pennsylvanian accent. So it was super cute. I support Yes, we love him and we support him. Yeah, I think it's really good that, I mean, when you look at a lot of, like, uh, like child stars, I know this is not the same thing, but, like, things like that, it can fame can kind of be, like, a very sudden thing that, like, people may not know how to deal with. And so I think it's really good that this family is kind of channeling that, even if it's only, like, five minutes of fame, like, you know, through TikTok, which a lot of people experience. Um, they're trying to channel that through, like, a positive cause, and I think that's really good. Like, they're not just doing it for themselves but they're also trying to like pay it forward to other people so i think that's really amazing that they're doing that so now moving on to our next news story um there is a study because you know i love me some studies um that it says that more physical activity and less screen time is linked to better executive function in toddlers and so i think well i was kind of inspired to start um looking into this news story when I would just go to the grocery store and I would see like a lot of kids like on their phones or like on their parents' phones. And sometimes kids even have their own phones. They're like six or seven and they have like an entire like iPhone. And I think it's, it's different from what I'm used to, but I think that's kind of where the world is leading to. Um, Not only using the phones for like communication purposes, but also just like a a daily tool that people are going to use. So um, I think that people are starting to, especially parents, are starting to introduce phones at younger and younger ages, especially, you know, because they're easy parenting tools. Like, oh, if your child is crying, you could just put on, give them your phone and then they'll magically stop, right? So um, I think it's a, a thing that a lot of people are using nowadays, but uh, it might not be necessarily for the better. I think that um, 
a lot of children obviously need like social and physical activity and interaction, things like that to like really shape their brain development. That's how we are as natural human beings. But anyways, that was my little rant. Um, so going into this new story, it kind of supports this idea. So um, 24 month old children who spend uh, less than 60 minutes on their screens each day and exercising outside uh, turned out to have better executive function. Uh, this study was conducted by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And these uh, children who exercise outside more and spend less time on their screens um, had better executive function compared to like another group that did not meet these guidelines. It was a kind of like a control group. And so um, they this uh, like increased of different brain mechanisms like inhibitory control as some of the scientists explain um, these are things like uh, thoughts emotions and behavior regulation kind of knowing how to keep these things under control as well as an improved working memory the working memory is essentially being able to uh, hold information in your mind long enough to complete a task kind of like um it made me think of when you do a test or when you study before a test and you're like working your memory in the sense that you're answering the questions, but you're also able to recall and complete the tasks that are needed. Or just like it, just doing things in like everyday life, remembering how to open a door, for example, is essentially working memory. Um, and as well as cognitive flexibility, it also improved this, is the ability to switch between tasks and kind of uh, shift your focus from one thing to another. So um, all these things uh, were improved in the children who spent less time on their screens and more time exercising. And so I thought that it was really interesting. It's also something that I think we need to remember um, as we move forward. But um, yeah, and so the American um, Academy of Pediatrics recommends children spend less than 60 minutes on screen, which is actually, I thought they could tolerate, like from what I've seen, like more, but apparently the recommended amount is less than an hour. So I think that's really, um, that's really little, but like I also understand where they're coming from. And they also recommend that children get daily exercise and they get five or more fruit and vegetable servings and try to minimize sugary beverages. So no Coke, Sprite. Etc. Um, and yeah, and so this was recorded um, on through a parent survey on their children, and so they would observe their habits and behaviors. And so there could be a bit of bias in the study, but overall, um, they kind of sampled a large pool of things that so they could get more accurate results. Um, so it seems to be pretty um, logical, also. So yeah, that's a study. I thought it was really interesting. Do you have any? That's so writing? cool. To add on to your little rant about, like, kids with phones these days, I feel like, okay, just to put this in context, right, me and Dana are older than those kids that she's talking about, but we're also younger than the adults who Mm -hmm. barely got their phones in the 90s or 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So we got our phones, I'm going to assume, okay, I think definitely in our developing years, between the ages of 10 and 15, right? Yeah, like in middle school. Yeah, yeah, in middle school, right? So we're that transition period between no phones during the developmental period and all phones during the developmental period. Like we are in between. So I get we, I kind of like that we have the best of both worlds because I'm not sure about your experience because I did meet you later in my life as if I'm that old. (laughs) No, no. But like, (laughs) I grew up. in elementary, by, by elementary, I mean up to like sixth grade with no phone. I did have a phone, but it wasn't a smartphone. So I could only like call 911 or my parents on it. So I would spend a lot of my time playing with other children, playing outside. And basically all the physical activity that you mentioned where it's, you're not on your screen, you're, you're actively doing something proactively, right? So 
But then later in life, you get your phone and you eventually become more and more, well, I eventually become more and more reliant on it. And now it's very hard for me to go without my phone. But like, I'm, I'm older than that. So I can have some sort of constraint and like restrictions on myself. But mm-hmm. imagining like children having a phone who, they're obviously kids, right? They're still learning how to control themselves. I just wonder like how, like phones will probably throw that off. I don't know for mm-hmm. the better or for the worse. I'm thinking it's probably going to go for the worst, probably. Yeah, and so I think it's really important that we kind of, I guess, try to regulate that in a way. I mean, there's no really way to predict it because we really haven't had a generation of people kind of growing up with this kind of technology for their entire lives. And I'm sure, um, like, eventually, if you give it enough time, these phones will be really antiquated and you'll be like, oh, you still have an iPhone? You're not on your hologram 36,000? Like, it's going to be different. I think it's yes. going to but um, I think that either way, I think that uh, we're becoming increasingly reliant on technology. I mean, also, mm-hmm. I experienced something similar to Heidi. I mean, in elementary school, I think I had an iPad, but the things that you could do on it were really limited. I think it just had, like, you know, like, cut the rope and, like, all of those old games. Where's but, my water? Um, yeah, and where's my water? I would have those, and I would just play those. But I would also spend a good deal outside, too, you know, playing mm-hmm. with um, uh, people at recess and things like that and just going outside a lot. Um, so I think it's going to be different um, for this generation. I think we still have to see what the outcomes are going to be. But um, now we know that um, a helpful way to kind of combat this is to encourage mm-hmm. your toddlers to play outside. So I think that's... But the- don't get me wrong. Phones can be great things. Like, yeah, they, they can give also. you information on the hand. Just in moderation, you know? Yeah, it's all about moderation, really. Okay, so moving on to... My science talks. I thought this was really interesting. So the science talk is going to be about potatoes. And so uh, scientists have found a natural antibiotic um, in potatoes that can destroy harmful bacteria. And so they're considering maybe using this as an antibiotic from a potato, which is really interesting. And so um, this uh, natural antibiotic, and I'm probably going to butcher his name a lot, but it's called solanomycin. And so um, it combats, it was originally found because it was able to combat fungi growing in crops. But it can also possibly kill infections. Um, One of the infections that it was found to be associated with is thrush. And so it's kind of like a mouth infection in women. And so um, plants, um, especially this plant, have compounds that can not only fight these fungi in the crops, but also um, like they can also fight resistant microbes. So microbes that usually um, don't um, react to any other kinds of treatments can react under these mechanisms that uh, plants just naturally give us and so um this antibiotic comes from a bacteria inside the potato called decaya solani and so this uh bacteria was actually identified 15 years ago and so for all that time scientists have been investigating its antibiotic potential um both in crops and also for human beings and so for a decade they've just been doing that and so i think that's like really dedicated to the research um but also shows like how promising this could be for the future so um this bacteria desolani it produces um a compound called oocytin a and so this is active against against uh pathogens in the plant so it's kind of like trying to kill the bacteria and trying to kill the diseases and like that are normally resistant to other things and so the researchers right now are trying to learn more about its molecular structure and understand how it works to see if there could be any medical uh, applications for it and i think that's also really important and um i think that uh, especially today natural medicine is becoming like a lot more popular and i think we're starting to realize that a combination of um like 
synthetic compounds as well as like a more natural things even like essential oils can be like have some like slight therapeutic benefit um and so like even plants can help us a lot in this process as well and so i think it's really interesting the combination of these two uh, worlds um i actually watched a um documentary in one of my classes about uh, chinese medicine and how they often use like naturally derived plant sources for their medicine. So it's kind of reminds me of that. And so I think that it's really important that, you know, like in Western countries, I think that we kind of start realizing that um, natural medicines can also have a really good impact. Of course, in combination with things that we know uh, that for sure will always work, uh, like synthetic compounds uh, or like by synthetic compounds, I just mean like over-the-counter medicines or like things that are normally prescribed by doctors, pills, uh, topicals, things like that. But um, I think a combination is just a really interesting prospect and I'm excited to see where that goes in the future. But yeah. We are very lucky that this plant is a potato. Oh no, it's not. Yeah, it's a plant. Plants are potatoes. Yeah. We're very lucky that these are potatoes because potatoes are very easy to grow and multiply. Mm -hmm. Like I hear that you could just put one potato potato Mm -hmm. in the soil and bury it. Wait a minute. And then you'll come back and there will be like 10 potatoes. Yeah. So it's nice that it's, I'm not going to say readily available, but it's easy to get the resources that you need to hopefully extract this bacteria from. Imagine if it was a plant that was on the verge of going extinct, you know, that that would drive prices and go up and yeah, it's going to create a huge cascade. Yeah. Yep. So then there's, Moving on from potatoes, we have another food that I'm going to review today for my review segment. So for my review segment, moving on from potatoes, we're going to be talking about another type of food, right? And Dana actually correctly guessed what it was. Would you like to reveal on behalf of me? Yes, it's world's finest chocolates. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, so if you grew up in America, you probably had a spokesperson from world's finest chocolates come to your school and talk about fundraising. So for me, I re- I vividly remember, we would all go into an assembly in the cafeteria, and then the spokesperson would go up on the stage in front of the cafeteria and just talk about chocolates for two hours. And now it is world's finest chocolate time because I've been getting accosted by people asking for me to buy chocolates from them. And I don't have any problem buying chocolates from them because they're so good. And I remember like in kindergarten to like sixth grade, because I only did it for elementary, but I know that happens like when you're older as well. We had the option of selling $61 chocolates to fundraise for whatever we, we want, right? So each school would probably have like a cause like, oh, maybe it's a trip or maybe it's a like a charity. So if you did accept the offer to sell the chocolate, you needed to pay back $60 no matter what at the end of the fundraiser. So these boxes would only come in boxes of 60. Why 60? I don't know, but it, it was always 60, right? So you would say, yes, I would like to fundraise. They would give you this box of 60 chocolates that were worth $60. And then they give you a deadline for when the fundraiser ends. And then at that date, you have to return $60 back, assuming that you sold the chocolates, right? So, Dana, have you ever done this chocolate fundraiser ever? Familiar with it? I think I might have done something. I don't know if it was with this company, but I know that I sell, I sold chocolates once and I was very small. I was like, I don't know if I was like in kindergarten or like first grade or something, but I was very small. 
And I remember just going up to random people, like in the kind of like the Burlington, TJ Maxx area. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, can you buy a chocolate, please? And then some of them would. But um, apart from that, I think, I don't think there was, I really did like any fundraisers outside of that. Um, yeah, but I do remember that. But I did buy these exact chocolates from my advisory teacher um like literally two days ago because i don't know what he was fundraising for or what but i saw chocolates i saw that they were a dollar and i saw that they were the world's finest chocolates and i was like hey i want some and i got the caramel one because they're so good yes and i was gonna say like although the kid is the one that's actually selling it under their name it's a family thing like you get that box of 60 chocolates and you distribute them to your family members and then they will help you sell or they can buy them for themselves right it's a whole family thing so yes teachers will sell them to you friends will sell them to you random strangers will sell them to you it reminds me of the girl scout cookies because they yeah. each have their secret someone tells it with them although it's under the person's name so but yeah it's a it's a community thing so i remember there were kids who would sell like five boxes of chocolates and raise tons of money but as a child, I never had the network to sell, right? No family members where I live, like friends minimal. So <laughs> my parents would always end up buying them for me and paying the majority of the $60. So that was great. But anyway, when I did the chocolate fundraiser, like almost every year, because obviously like chocolate, right? There was only a milk chocolate almond option when I did it. And that was good. Like that by itself was good. And I remember my mom would pack them for my lunch and it was a treat because obviously like I could not sell 60 chocolates. Like we all knew that that wasn't going to happen. So we just bought the, we just bought the chocolates basically, right? We bought 60 chocolates. Um, So now that I'm older, people of all ages, like I said earlier, are selling chocolates and they have expanded their flavors. Dana mentioned like a caramel flavor and that did not exist 10 years ago. Yeah. So now they have flavors like caramel, plain milk chocolate, no almonds crisp dark chocolate and wafer while before they only had almond and don't get me wrong they still sell almond now like that's like the og og but yeah it's really good like all the chocolates are so good and i might get hate for this but they taste so much better than hershey's chocolates yeah i'm gonna put that out there they're delicious yeah, no, hershey's i think hershey's is overrated in my opinion it's very, I just synthetic. very good. like you could taste the plastic yeah it, just, it feels it feels like someone, like someone was, like someone who does d- haven't eaten chocolate, try to recreate chocolate. That's kind of what it tastes like to me. But yeah, exactly. but it's not and bad. It's just, so it's just not amazing. Shiny. Yeah, it's so. shiny. <laughs> yeah. So like, it makes me think that I'm eating plastic, but no, these world finest chocolates, like they're like, they look like chocolate. Okay, like they actually yeah. look like chocolate. So. We're ending our episode, unfortunately, but we cannot finish without a motivational quote. Mm-hmm. And this motivational quote was said no other than the said from no other than the Queen Bee. Yes, and Queen Bee, I mean Beyonce, right? So, never let your success get to your head, and never let failure get to your heart. So, uh, yes, yes. Words of wisdom from Queen Bee. Yes, we love Queen Bee. And I know that Dana normally does the closing, but today I will do the closing because I should probably try to do the closing more often, yeah? (laughs) So thank you guys for listening to today's episode. If you want to hear more from us, we occasionally update our Instagram at funtimeswdh. 
and our website is linked in our bio. Next time, if everything goes to plan, we will have a special episode for you all. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned, everyone. So yeah, we're fingers crossed for that special episode. But yeah, that closes yes. um, our episode. Thank you for joining us. And that's all. Bye. Yep. See you later.